0: Okay, thank you everyone for joining. Um, if somebody wants to remind me in five minutes or so if I leave anyone in the waiting room, you know, until we figure out, until I set up a password or something else. Um, so, the last two weeks we're discussing um, marriage. And the truth of the matter is, I don't really have much more to say on the topic right now. Um, but Um, I've been dealing with different differential bias cases recently, and I just feel like I want to continue talking about it. I don't really have any, don't have so much to share tonight, necessarily, but I feel almost like it's worthwhile just to come here, tell you that um, it's really, really important, really important to, to to work on your show by bias. It's, it's really important to be good to your husband. It's really important to make, you know, being good to your husband a priority. You wanna impress the neighbors, you wanna impress everybody else, but your priority should be to be good to your husband. Simple example would be, you know, the neighbors, many times we, it's no gay our children too. Many times we, we hurt our spouse, we hurt our kids. Because we're worried about what the neighbors are going to think, we're neighbors we're worried about what the neighbors are going to say. We have to understand that the most important thing is not about what our neighbors are going to say, but am I doing the right thing? And the, the precedence we have to have for Shalom bias. You know, I feel like maybe every week I should just go on and not speak about Mido's. You know, just as you get up every week and say, be a good wife, be, try to be Mavatar, try to be forgiving, try to be, you know, judge your husband favorably. We're not talking about not communicating. It's important to communicate, but not to communicate with anger. Really try to communicate respectfully. I just feel like I should just come every week and, and, just, and just say that because so many homes have are shown bias issues. And even, you know, and the Mysa, the godless, the greatness of a, husband, of a man and the, and the greatness of a woman really comes from, from the marriage, from the Shalom bias. So I really should stop because if I continue talking, maybe you won't realize, you know, the importance of what we're saying. But we'll continue talking anyways, just to share with you a few ideas on uh, marriage. But that's really why I you know kept on the topic just because it's such an important topic maybe I'll speak about it next week again but we'll speak a little bit about the concept of expectation on different ways we may have spoken about it before I apologize I don't remember what I say what I don't say um, it's really just sharing thoughts I don't I don't spend, I don't spend so much time preparing I mean a lot of it's prepared from before from the safer but um, well, my, uh, um expectations. So a lot of times we're upset at our spouse because they don't meet our expectations. So it's important to keep that in mind because, you know, we, we cause that anger onto ourselves. You know, we get married, we're expecting our husband makes a certain amount of money. We're expecting how much he learns. We're expecting this, we're expecting that. Um, you know, so changing expectations uh, is ex- important. In, in not getting angry, um, you know. I'm used to mashallah with uh, with a husband. I tell a husband, you know, you come home and you're expecting everything to be ready. So then you get angry when you come home and, and things are a mess. Uh, today, some women are working and their husbands are home. So we could say the same mashallah, you're gonna come home, you know, or maybe you left, maybe you went out for the day and your husband was kind enough to babysit, yeah. I think my wife's pointed out to me, you know, but it's been pointed out, you know, people's men, sometimes babies say babysit with their own kids. That's, that's a good point. You know, you know, mothers never babysit their kids, but somehow fathers babysit their kids. But uh, but your husband's nice and he and he tells you to go out and watch the kids and you come home. You're expecting, you know, that everything's going to be clean. Maybe you're even expecting your husband would surprise you and, and clean, up, clean up the house, whatever it may be, right? And you come home and uh, things are not exactly how you expected it. So that's anger that comes from an expectation. So we have to train ourselves, you know, before we come home, things may not be so in order. And let me just appreciate the fact that he was you know, watching the kids. The expectations, you know, can set up for disappointments and for anger. Another idea we see in expectations is a topic. Um, I think that that actually causes a lot more shalom bias problems than than helps shalom bias. You know, one of my pet peeves, if I haven't told you, um, you know, um, is I'm not a big fan of what the non-Jewish world's created with birthdays and anniversaries. Um, you know, the non-Jewish world is created. I don't think there's a Jewish concept there. And the Chachamim are too smart. The Chachamim are too smart to make a, a set day of gifts. And the reason why the Chachamim are too smart for that, because what, what happens? You know, you may, you may have experienced this with your, with your parents, but it's not as intense when you get married. But you're expecting, you know, maybe your father was really good at this or he wasn't, but you're expecting your husband's gonna get you this present for your birthday, a good present for your birthday. So it's kind of a lose-lose, a it's a very unlikely win for most husbands and the same thing for the wives, for their husbands. Although some reason, I don't know why, I think you know some reason I think it's more expected on the husband to the wife and the wife to the husband, which is fine, that's okay. But something to point out there, you know, the women upset their husbands are not getting them anything good, but they don't really give their husbands anything. But the the bottom line is, it's a really a dumb it's a dumb thing. You know, I'm not saying you should abolish it from your family or from your marriage. You know, but it's a dumb thing because it doesn't mean anything because it's expected. He has to get you a gift. You have to give him a gift. So now we'll talk more husband to wife here. Uh, so so now if he doesn't give you the Now, if he doesn't give you the gift, so you're upset at him, right? I mean, if he doesn't give you a card, like, forget about it, you know, maybe you won't talk to him for, you know, for two months, but he doesn't give you uh, the present or he doesn't give you a present that you wanted. He didn't pick up on the hints that you have been dropping him. So then you're upset at him. And if he does give you what you, uh, if he does give you what you had wanted, um, so you're happy, but... Chances are, unless he really did something incredibly special, which is going to be hard to do every single year, every single time, you know, chances are he didn't gain many, much points. It's not like, oh, my husband's so amazing, he got me a birthday gift. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we wouldn't have birthdays? Chacham are smart. No birthday gifts, no anniversary gifts. If your husband comes home on a regular Tuesday, uh, what are we, Wednesday today, regular Wednesday, and brings you home a gift, even if it's not the best gift in the world, you're so grateful because you weren't expecting anything. So it's a Gayushazah. We created an expectation that has to be met with the tremendous risk of, of it not being met, which can cause shalom bias. So what I would tell you, just you know, to avoid the shalom bias problems, is you know, you should try to really think about that before. Um, you know, am I expecting too much? Um, am I gonna get upset if my husband doesn't give me what I want? And there's a good, another good site over here. You know, you try to be forgiving. Maybe your husband doesn't come from a home where they were so into gifts. Maybe he's just not so good at being creative. Maybe ask you what you you know. Um, so you should try to be forgiving, and it's, it's, and 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 number and not so demanding. And number two, you know, a lot of a lot of women don't tell their husbands you know what they want. So what do you want for your birthday? Well, you don't want to say right because then it's like okay, I told them what I wanted. But then if he doesn't give you what you want, so then you're upset. You didn't, you didn't get what you wanted. So, you know, you, sh- you should have realized. That's a very good use site. The very good you site is, it's better just to say what you want than And many many marriages. This is a, not just for yeah, birthday gifts. It's yeah, a lot of things. Women, men upset at each other because they're not doing what they want. So why don't you tell them what you want? Oh, because I don't want to tell him because he should know on his own. So you wanna be stubborn not to tell him that this is important to you or this is something you want and then be angry at him and then be angry at him because he's like, he's not doing what you want. That's kind of, kind of silly and not smart. So make it easier in general in marriage, c- communicate, make it easier, tell your husband what you want, make it easier in general, if there's something that your husband does that bothers you or something you want him to do, that, that's important to you instead of dropping you know hints and then being upset men are not as good as getting hints as women women are, are much faster so instead of uh you know instead of dropping hints and then being angry you didn't get the hints, just just tell them straight out you know again we're assuming we're dealing with a generally nice person who's not looking to upset you or get you angry etc etc um so you know expectations is a uh It's an, you know, it's an important, important thing. Another idea, another idea I have with expectations uh, is that I tell this to husbands applies to wives as well. Things that we do to right? Let's say every day you call your husband, uh, you know, during lunch. So it's not, it's not such a marriage builder when you call your husband every day during lunch, because, you know it becomes routine. You call your husband every day at lunch, or, or he calls you every day during lunch. You know, let's say you're really angry at him, and this is a good use site, another good use site, so we're just schmoozing tonight. Um, let's say let's say you're really upset at him, so you don't wanna call him that day during lunch. Or let's say, you know, or let's say uh, you make supper in the house, and you're upset at your husband, and you don't wanna make him suffer, right? So first of all, it's a very big mistake. You should never, ever, should never withhold from your husband basics because you're angry at him. It just creates a stronger uh, fight and stronger. It's not a healthy, it's not a healthy thing to do. So if you make your husband lunch, you make him supper, whatever, breakfast, whatever you're doing, don't stop doing it even when you're angry. And obviously if you can't do it with a smile, but just do it. It's just the right thing to do, you know. Lahav, I don't say Lahavda, but you know, you don't feel like diving, you don't feel like like doing something, you know. But you, sometimes you gotta do it anyways. So, so the marriage sometimes you gotta do it anyways. Um, but so, let's say you're not happy with your husband, but you call him every day during lunch, and you don't want to make you don't want to make a bigger fight. So you call him, you say hi. Maybe you're not as friendly. Maybe you don't talk to me, talk to him for more than a second. But calling him during lunch or him calling you during lunch doesn't really. Build a marriage because it's an expectation, uh, it's an obligation. If you don't do it, it's a it's a fight. It's or it's a negative. Anything that you, if you don't do is a negative. Then by definition, it doesn't really build much to a marriage. So a woman may say, "Well, you know, I'm so good to my husband. Uh, oh, this is in the book. This actually, this paragraph. I'll give credit for credit still. Um, the one that translated it." Uh, Mrs. Heimwitz, she actually wrote this paragraph, so I'll read it to you. Um, actually, Mirzah Hashem, um, we're coming out with Olomavoda. It's going to be a few months, although we're really, you know, done most of the the legwork. Um, we kind of switched roles with Olomavoda. Um, Voda. Voda, I translated um, during Corona. I found myself with extra time, not driving, wasn't driving around, uh, hence this Chabur started probably, and also I. So I started translating Almavoda, Voda, not knowing where it would take me. De Hashem, you know, we, we we I translated the whole thing, you know, at least the first draft. And she's and she's editing. So instead of her translating and me going over what she's doing, we kind of switch roles. I translate Almavoda Voda, and she's and she's editing. Uh, probably will come out with a similar style, just because we're we're working together again. Um, Parenthetically, if anyone knows anybody that uh, would be interested in sponsoring, we're still, you know, a little way off. But here like this, um, there is a sponsorship page available if anyone has any connections. But similarly, some wives think they are great wives because they do everything for their husbands. They cook his favorite meals, they wash and iron his laundry, they keep the house clean, take care of all the errands. But while in their minds this may be a great show of, respect, of love and respect, their husbands may not perceive it that way. You know, perhaps, okay, well, she's saying a little bit of a different idea, but I'll read it anyways. Perhaps the husband does not care if the house is immaculate or if the four-course gourmet meal awaits him at the moment he walks to the door. A husband's happier with a smiling, happy wife, even if she serves him a simple fare and is far from the perfect housekeeper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there are really two ideas um, over here. One idea is that, Serving your, giving your husband supper is not a sign of love because it's, it's, it becomes an obligation. So if you think that, you know, giving your wife, your husband supper and, and doing his laundry and doing everything in the house is like, I'm a very loving wife because I do everything. um, That's a big mistake because those become those, I'm not saying he shouldn't thank you and appreciate you, but they they become obligations. Even if they're not obligations, they become obligations. Like I said, if you call your husband every day at a certain time, it doesn't show how much you care about him because you do it every single day. And if you don't do it, it's a problem. You could certainly, again, you could give give him the supper in a very nice, warm, friendly way, of course. But it's a very important idea because really in order to build a relationship, we got to go past the expectations. So if you send your husband a text uh, in the middle of the day, you know, a nice text in the middle of the day, if you call them a different time during the day, you know, out of the blue, you call them, that shows a lot more than just doing the routine, the the expectation. So while we're not saying that it's, you know, I'm not saying it's not healthy or it's not good to have certain routine, um, to have certain routine things that we do, um, but nonetheless, we have to realize they are not really marriage- builders they don't make a marriage and we have to kind of we have to really try to do extra things it could be very small things that are much more meaningful than than a lot of the things that we do on a daily basis that are just part of our routine a lot of people are not not are really not aware of this they think that they're so loving because they do all the things that that have just become part of the routine i want to share with you one last idea for tonight on marriage the idea is very important you know, today today it seems that people, um, you know, don't view marriage with the same uh, sacredness in terms of the commitment to marriage. That, you know, I think people are a little quicker today. I'm um, not just today, maybe the last twenty years, but people are quicker to walk out of a marriage than they were, um, you know, fifteen, you know, twenty years ago. Um, if someone was is not happy in a marriage, um, they're quicker to walk out, I think, than they were. Um, you know, 20 years ago, you know, I think there was a certain understanding, maybe 30, 40 years ago, I don't know. But certainly in old times, there was an understanding that this is who you're married to. This is who you're supposed to live with and and deal with it and make the best of it. You know, just like you can't get rid of your kids, even though, you know, maybe if you could, you would have traded them. But this is your child. This is your husband. This is your wife. Make the best of the situation. I don't think people have that same understanding today. And I believe it's the truth. You know, the truth is that, that I'm not saying there's never a place for divorce in extreme situations, um, but generally speaking, our attitude has to be, we, I think we spoke about it last week, is this is who you are supposed to marry. It, it may not be perfect in your eyes. You know, maybe you would have chose someone else, but Hashem has a plan. And this is who you're supposed to you know, work it out with and you will grow from it. And great things will happen from it. Um, you know, I gave a, I gave a schmooze yesterday, uh, relevant to this topic. If you if you have a chance to listen to it, um, so until any time. But I want to. But I want to say something else. I realized the last you know the last few days is that it's not only that because people are not as committed. So therefore marriages maybe you know there more there's more divorce because people are quicker to walk out but I think it's a lot a lot more than that a lot deeper than that because there's a lack of commitment underneath the marriage marriages today there's a lot less happiness in that marriage see if your child's not perfect and your child gives you aggravation you're not walking around obviously it's difficult you're not walking around with that anger always and that field negative feelings all the time why do i have this child why do i have this child there's a certain understanding that you know this is my child i love him this is my child i have to work it out and there's a certain understanding underneath see when a person's married to the you're married to your husband and you have an understanding again i'm not talking about extreme situations but maybe he doesn't meet all of what you were hoping for and maybe you know there's some shortcomings that are difficult to deal with. but When there's an understanding underneath it all that this is who I'm supposed to be married to, I'm, you really have to try my best to, to, to keep keep things peaceful and, and, and make, it, make it good. When there's an understanding that there's a, when there's a commitment underneath, the marriage is better. It's not just that people used to be miserable, but they stay married anyways, which may be true. But people were a lot less miserable. People were a lot less unhappy in their marriages because they understood. This is what I'm supposed to be married to. This is the situation, and I have to make the best of it. But when there's no underlying commitment to the marriage, when there is that that feeling, you know, and I'm hearing this, I sense it from couples these days, where it's like, you know, this is not working out. You know, I think I should should I think I should be marrying someone else. When there's underlying that feeling of 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 of, you know of lack of commitment. It makes the marriages, Taka. It makes the marriages less successful. It actually causes the marriages to have much more unhappiness because I'm always thinking, "Oh, this is not the right one. Oh, oh, she doesn't do this. Oh, he doesn't do that. Oh, this is so bad. It's so bad. It's so terrible. Why did I marry her? I should have married someone." It, when there's a way out, you don't just stop. You don't just embrace and deal the right way with whatever you're dealing with when you're stuck. You know, if a guy would know, you know, people that are in marriages that are challenging, if they would know you're stuck, so to say, that's it. You're not going anywhere. Hashem, Hashem comes to them and says, you cannot go anywhere. You just got to work it out. This is the situation. So what do we do? You know, <laughs> you end up on a Moi trip in a, in, a, in a difficult, you know, in a place that's not so fun. What do you do? You say, let's make the best of it. Let's make the best of it. You know, we can't do anything about it. Let's just make the best of it. Let's make it fun. Let's do the best we can. Let's make the best of it. So when a person's committed and understanding that that marriage is is sacred, marriage is not meant to just throw out because things are difficult. So when there's understanding of that, so then there's an attitude of, okay, I'm married. That's it. This is the one I'm, I'm married to. This is the one I'm supposed to marry. Let's make the best of it. But if you take that out, if you're on the Chalamayi trip, and there's another place next door, there's an, or there's an, you're in a restaurant, and there's another restaurant next door, there's somewhere else, you think there's somewhere else to go, then you're never here. You're always thinking, oh, you know, I, I really should be somewhere else. So you never make the best of your marriage. You never make the best of your marriage. So So many people do not have great marriages, even if they stay married, but just because it's they're not committed. And because of that lack of commitment, their marriages, are, they don't, they don't really work. They don't really work to make the best of the situation. Very, very important idea, which, you know, didn't really hit me till this week, you know, I just think, okay, people are easy, fast to walk out. It's a little deeper, because people think about walking out, even if they don't walk out. But just the fact that people think about walking out, just the fact that there's the lack of commitment underneath people really don't make the best of their marriages. They never really accept that this is the situation and they have to make the best of it. And, um, you know, all of you should have wonderful beautiful marriages as I'm sure you will, because you are young ladies that, you know, work on your Mido's and you care about your Mido's. I feel very lucky to, to learn this with you because I think, you know, you'll, you'll appreciate it more. Those of you that are, are single, some of you are already married. Um, I think, I think you will realize how much midos and how much how much these discussions will will impact, you know, will be beneficial. As simple as they are, be beneficial for, for your marriages. Um, but you know, but uh, so your marriages should be beautiful. But I, I think they become beautiful, you know, when we have an understanding of you know this is a this is a person Hashem sent me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna work to get along, and even if even if he's not you know the bal midos that maybe I wanted or thing i am going to make the best of it and make and make and make it as good as I can and it, w- and it will be good. It'll be perfect. I don't know if anyone's, you know, nothing's perfect, but it'll be good. It'll be it'll be happy. It'll be good. People walk around with this feeling of unfortunately walking around with the feeling like, "Oh, you know, it's not the right one or I should walk out." You don't walk out, but just the fact they're even playing with the idea, they're not fully in. They're not fully in. A lot of people are not fully in their marriages. They're just, you know, they're half in, half out, because they're always thinking, you know, what what am I in? You have to jump, you know, it's like the swimming pool. You gotta jump all the way in. You jump all the way in, we can make we can make it work in a, in a in a in a in a much better, much, 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 much more beautiful way. All right, we'll see if we have any questions. All right. One. Um do I think the lower self-esteem nowadays is cause of shalom bias issues? How can we work on this? Well, I mean, I think low self-esteem is a cause of, of every issue or you know, almost every issue. So I'm sure low self-esteem plays a role in shalom bias. I'd have to think a little deeper. I never thought about it much, you know, why or how. Maybe the lacking of self-esteem, people are much more sensitive when their spouse you know, says something critical to them maybe lack of self-esteem, you know, people in general are not as happy as they should be. Happy people are just generally um, better off in relationships because they're in a good mood, it's easier to swallow, you know, some challenges. But I guess I'm gonna need you, you know, to, to, to explain to me a little more of what you think the connection is between low self-esteem and, you know, inshallah and bias. You know, maybe you need more compliments, more support, but I'm curious if you want to write back, you know, before someone else, you know, write, write in, you can, um, but low self-esteem plays a role in, in, in some, in almost all problems. You know, what I see, almost all problems. Um, low self-esteem is a, is a major, major factor. Um, one of the greatest challenges of our generations is probably, you know, low self-esteem. We, we spice, you probably heard from me, I speak to the, to Bachram a lot about that, um, you know, the challenge of technology and everything like that. The greatest challenge there is people feel bad about themselves. It kills their self-esteem and then it causes them to do bad things. So low self-esteem is really, you know, to me, one of the greatest problems. Um, Do we have any other questions? Okay, we're letting me off easy tonight. We'll wait one more minute. Okay, we are good. I guess we were super clear tonight. Oh, let's see. Yeah, I th- okay. The person wrote back that it causes people to be more sensitive, but it also makes people feel they're not good enough. That's a deep that's a deeper topic. The sensitivity one I agree with. People are more sensitive. Um, yeah, people feel they're not good enough for the other. It could be. I'm not I'm not aware, you know what the shown bias cases I've seen. You know, I haven't seen people feel they're not good enough for their wife or not good enough for the husband. Usually that like would be like, a, you think would be like a good marriage. You know, my wife is too good for me or my husband's too good for me. Yes, maybe there could be some unworthiness issues, but I don't, I don't see that as, at least I'm not so familiar with that being the bigger problem. The, the bigger problem is more, you know, my husband's not, not good enough for me. Uh, my wife's not good enough for me. Um, and that's, that's arrogance. And arrogance is connected to low self-esteem because in, instead of low self-esteem, we, we we create this facade of being better than other people, of being in arrogance. It's not a smooth for now. Any of you that have run after the right cover, you know, we write about this, but um, okay. Everyone should have an amazing night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining.